So we begin the day with puja. Puja, which you can see some words written down. We use the words in our chanting books. It's actually quite a profound practice. And it's in a, a puja is an approach to, uh, to meditation and to entering a particular quality of mind and heart, which you might say is uh, sacred, to do with values, it's to do with timeless values, it's to do with transcendence, circumstances, personality, and even uh, birth and death. And you can uh, approach it, the very word puja refers to something like praising, but perhaps even more important, honouring, revering. Um, uh, so you revere or you honour that which is worthy of honour. And here we're using these uh, references to Buddha, awakened, uh, perfected, purified. And one who bestows uh, teachings, source of blessings. So this is very much the activator of the of the Dhamma. One who potentizes and brings the Dhamma into the world. This quality, quality, and obviously a quality that was. Uh, brought into human reality by this one person, but certainly a quality that potentizes, that activates the Dharma, makes it into, into a here and now reality, both through uh, words, actions, and cause personal realization. Dharma, truth, which refers to um, uh, an order or a law or that brings everything into harmony. So it's an all-encompassing uh, force, quality that brings things into harmony. So the absence of conflict, stress, stress abuse, prejudice, bias, corruption. I mean, brings things into harmony. Uh, you could say it's an eternal law. In the Buddha's teachings of Dhamma, because it, it activates practices and processes that, that bring around a sense of complete harmony and order and balance. Sangha, which means that that which follows, which we can, which is always associated with the group. A human group, the collective, and the nature of Sangha is of several qualities. First of all, they're called the Sawaka Sangha. Uh, this phrase is used meaning those who fully attend, who receptive listeners, who listen deeply and follow 
follow the Dhamma and they follow the Buddha. It means those who practice supatipano, those who uh, practice well, with integrity, uh, with knowingness, with appropriate uh, balance. So it's really, this is a sense of the ongoing transmission of the Buddha's teaching, which we all pick up and try to bring into the here and now reality of human lives. So it's a beautiful reflection because it means that those who, whoever listens, hearkens, follows, practices with integrity is part of this collective body called the Arya Sangha, noble disciples. Those who enter it, who aspire to it, and those who perfect it. It's always associated with a sense of group because it's often in group situations, in the collective, where our personal biases are challenged and where our, we have to uh, release of our personal biases, our personal preferences, and uh, we, this causes to experience a sense of harmony. And the harmony is the essence of what enables a Sangha to be a Sangha, to be collected, rather than conflicted, or just forced into conformity. This itself, just as a, an everyday uh, practice, is enormously uh, revealing and has great potential because in the collective we have strength. It's not a strength of an individual pressure or force, but a strength of, of harmony, which is one true quality of the Dharma. So these qualities, I think, are, are uh, qualities that we can reflect upon. They're called the triple gem. And we can take any element of that and consider it and think about it and uh, refer to it uh, and try to open to that. Now, puja is more than just thinking and recollecting, although these are are important aspects of it. It's also very much a, an embodied and a, a, an actualized practice whereby we physically bring up sound through our bodies and we bow and we hold our bodies in a particular posture. So it's very much an embodied, vocalized, verbalized, participating practice. You don't really think about puja, you, you do it. And uh, in the doing of it, there's a particular energy and a collective harmony and a collective action that is, in a way, has its own purification effects. This is because to uh, practice puja, uh, you have to really bring your body into this uh, particular uh, position whereby the the vocalizing can be deep and sonorous, which means you, you have a, this really helps you to get a sense of what the correct posture is about. You know, the spine holds the body upright, the shoulders are dropped, the chest is open, 
the abdomen can be fully extended and that the breath chambers which really refer to the the abdomen and the chest primarily but also to the throat they will open and flexible and uh, and then the breath can move through these chambers and then you can adjust uh, the, the sounding of the breath through the throat the, the vocal cords, the vocal channels and so this is then your, your pujas in this particular embodied practice of producing and sustaining sound through breath and through the, the, the vocal cords and this is a very different experience from speaking when speaking you generally don't use much of your body at all just the mouth, throat, that's about it so chanting is much, a much fuller uh, experience than speaking and it, it, uh, it highlights the sonorous quality of human voice there's nothing more uh, touching and immediately we immediately attend to than the quality of a human voice this in a way is our is our home signal you hear a human voice you hear friendliness or warmth or familiarity or anger or pressure or aggression and so the sound of human voice is a very important sound and when we are cultivating a lot of silence this means that the sounds we do make with our voices become extremely significant we're not chit chat uh, it's just the sounding of the human voice through a body that's held open and upright and uh, the energy that comes through that particular process so it's a very full uh, breath breathing process the body is held there's a particular energy that the breathing then begins to unfold and this is the vitality the life force which for most people is quite compressed and stressed and uh, distorted just because of life, you know, our lifestyles. And we're able to, and then based upon that particular distorted or compressed life energy, we become agitated or uh, impulsive or distracted or lost or even depressed because the life force energy itself is not pure, not strong, it's distorted under pressure. And using the breathing to purify, strengthen, calm and moderate the life force. The life force is called Ayu Sankara, the breathing is called Kaya Sankara, which means the way that breathing has an energy to it that moderates the life force and this then has an effect on Chitta Sankara Chitta Sankara is the 
energy that comes through the heart, normally associated with emotion and uh, inward, inner feeling, mental feeling. But also profoundly associated with our impulses. So if our hearts are agitated, then our impulses and intentions are also agitated. If our hearts are calm and steady, our impulses and intentions are also calm and steady. How does the heart get calm and steady? It gets calm and steady because it first of all experiences a steady body, steady breathing, a steady energy passing through. And you feel soothed, brightened and supported by that. This is a very important fundamental uh, reference point for calming and steadying in meditation. The nature of chitta sankara, the heart energy, uh, is that uh, based upon this, our thought, our ability to think and conceive, which is called vajji sankara, the energy that, that allows us to articulate and conceive, becomes itself smooth, steadied. Uh, it's not erratic, it's clear, it's clarified. And the harmony of these three is the harmony that gives us or gives rise to the quality we call samadhi, collectedness, concentration, which is really a harmony of body and mind where the, the uh, anger and the distress and the agitation and the compulsiveness are cleared. And we have something very beautiful. Is, very, is helpful for this because in, once we are engaged in making sound and deliberately attending to the process of making sound we're not attending to uh, thoughts about the future thoughts about the past thoughts about ourselves <coughs> thoughts about other people thoughts about what we want thoughts about what we don't want uh, we're not attending to that we're attending purely to the holding the body, breathing, making a sound, and offering that to Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, offering ourselves, offering our presence to the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha. So in this way, in this period, then in a way we are moving out of our rather tangled circumstances into something that's bright and Cumulatively shared, whereas our personal circumstances are very individual. Now, uh, here our puja presence is communal. So we're bringing our energy into this mode, the communal, the shared, the sangha space, a sangha space and a timeless space. This process of puja and the references that it makes are timeless. Just as the, our ability to uh, be present, body, and making sound and offering have a timeless quality on, and not about circumstances. <coughs> There's a kind of yoga, you could say. 
Now, the very nature of the sounds themselves, we have the two kinds of sounds. We have these open sounds, which are the breath sounds, which are called vowels. They are just open, sonorous resonances. Uh, and they have tonal qualities like oh, 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 eh. and certain pitches to them, which the lower sound or the, the uh, sound that causes energy to descend into the belly is the oh sound. It's a soothing, calming sound. And the rising sounds are things like oh, eh, which have a narrow the throat narrows and energy comes up. And the middle sound is ah, which is a nice heart level sound. So these are the vowel sounds, the primary vowel sounds that where we send our voice through. It's like a rather like massaging the voice, the vocalization, the sonorous quality. And these affect the body. You know, just as the old sound will tend to draw energy down into the abdomen, the R sound brings energy into the chest, the U sounds bring energy into the throat and the head. We're just moving this subtle energy through the body in this particular way. And then we have the consonant sounds which always terminate the vowel, like T, they cut. And this is the effect through the mouth. So you cut the sounds into these particular parcels, these particular packets, which become words. So this is the pro this is the, what we're doing in verbalizing and vocalizing and using this uh, process. Now in this uh, as we cultivate like this you can your awareness you become aware both of the sound itself, which is temporary, shifting flow of sound that you are dynamically producing. You're aware of your body as the basis from which the energy comes and holding it. There's bodily basis, which you could say is your foundation, and you have the resonant basis, which is your action, and you have the space around you which you listen to, in which you bring sound, your actions into. Which is, in this situation, is silent. Silent and sound moves through it. These three, these three domains, the bodily domain, which gives you the sense of presence, of being here, <coughs> very important presence, being here, is this. Your, the, the space around you into which you offer, present and your dynamic which is your making sound, your action these three fundamentally in essence make up the basis of our uh, inner reality that is, there's a presence there's space around us, or it's our environment, you might say, and there's our action within that. I mean, in Puja, you take this down to a very fundamental primary basis. Normally, of course, in our lives, the presence is very mingled and distorted. Uh, you know, 
we don't really feel our bodies that much. Uh, we tend to assume our presence is, is a sense of self, whatever that is, which is very distorted and, uh, and uh, mixed. Our relationships are associated with wishing, wanting, when to make something happen, or with agitation or impurities, or love, or goodness. This very mingled, mottled quality. And the, what we are in is the world of senses, sights, sounds, people, events, which again is very mixed up and confused. So in this mixture, this confusion of these three, we get the, the distorted reality we call the world. <laughs> with all its uh, uh, pressures and so on. Then Puja is going right back to the fundamental building block of, of the world. Present here, clearly physically filling that up. Uh, the space around you, which is the silence, an open space and your dynamic, your action within that which is raising, lifting, honouring, praising and using your voice and your breath to act, make that actual and purify our world. This Pujana is a purification process that has to be approached carefully, steadily and repeatedly to bring around proper basis for uh, meditation. So this morning we'll bring in the uh, chanting.
Oh. 
Inside or panya wisdom, being able to consider, investigate, put aside what's not the illusions, the delusions, clear the ignorance from the mind. These two work together. So determining to come on retreat is already a function of wisdom, considering and realizing that one wants to clear things, straighten things, firm up qualities. Make that, uh, put things aside. A lot of our practice in the beginning is just doing that putting things aside. You know, straight thoughts, concerns, issues come up, it's not now. 
inside, or inside. And patiently. Returning to what is basic, here you are. Something here is the world of sight and sound and thought flowing past. How do you become someone who's uh, aware of that without getting stirred or thrown around in it? <coughs> Able to respond without being reactive? None of these very important uh, relationships, uh, responses occur. We seek to find our foundation, <coughs> Samatha. A very um, simple meditation that you know, one can begin with, or touch into, is really comes follows through from the puja and it's just using sound but the sound will keep it within ourselves and it's always bringing up the thought thought of the sound and making the sound internally without closing the vocal cords so the three sounds that uh, one can use are the uh, sound if you Consider that you make that sound without using your vocal cords. A certain steadying effect occurs in the chest. It opens the heart. If you can hear, if you can hear that sound and make that sound without using your throat, so your body is making that sound and hearing that sound. Occurring as you breathe out. Only opening, steady opening tone to it. Listening. that for five or ten breaths and then begin to turn to the particular qualities of the inhalation exhalation so the first sound the R sound establishes a body as a living presence not just an idea but something that's got an internal resonant quality to it if you like, this is our, our foundation, body as a living, dynamic uh, being, rather than just a lump of meat. Uh, the exhalation is the, the old sound. You let it travel down deeply into the abdomen as you're breathing out. Mm -hmm. 
gives your mind something to engage with that helps to highlight the quality of breathing out. You may do it a few times and then just relax and let, let go of the sound, the internal sound, and follow the out breath. And cleaning, releasing, and discharging, very important uh, process to just discharge, to clean, to empty. Something we rarely have enough time for in our busy lives. Developing it so it's slow, steady, and complete, so really emptied. And focusing on that, supporting that process <coughs> with the sound, so the mind picks up, listens, and engages with that. You may cultivate that for quite a while. Um, and following on from that is the, the uh, another sound associated with inhalation, which is a narrower, sharper. sound descends. And the beauty of this is you, is you don't actually have to make the sounds audible. You can intone them internally as if you're going to uh, make the sound but not close the throat. And then you have the inhalation lengthens and makes the, the your your bodily energy tall and straight. And the exhalation deepens, rounds out, grounds. And over time, as these settle, you become more settled, you get this steady quality. practice with these and as you're doing it, you do it 
gently, steadily. But also in, in cultivating like this, your mind is listening. And this is a, a very uh, crucial aspect of meditation, the receptive, the listening to that. We're listening to this, we're not listening to thoughts, the ideas, so on. Listening to this internal, timeless process. We've established that, we've begun to establish the basis for meditation.
where you find the balance whereby your mind is not strained, uh, struggling, lightly engaged. Listening, receptive. Establishes its footing. Some of these systems can be released, just aware, body, bodily elements, mental elements, rising, passing. Only elements, bodily properties such as warmth, coolness, pressure, movement. Mental elements, moods, emotions, mind states. Rising, passing, this is the stream. Keeping your foothold, moderating it. Knowing it for what it is. Letting it pass.
to close the morning puja with the suffusion with divine abidings. This is on page 38 of your books. It will act as the standard for a relationship with the animate world.
We'll conclude with the closing homage and then to make our way over to the dining hall for some hot drink and breakfast.